0: Stephen Kruatis on SAFM. Okay, what happened to you this week? What for you is the most important story of the week? You know the number 086 000 2032. Sia and Global, Sunil, Mamelo, Tasha, Eunice. We'll try and get to all of you first. Uh, A couple of other things, by the way. Where do you live and how do you feel about it? That's one question. And then yesterday we were talking about the national anthem. Do you remember some of the calls we took? We were talking about anthems. Rod in the Eastern Cape had a strong view.
1: Hi oh, there, morning Steve. Um, yeah, look, I, if I recall correctly, I I'm speaking under correction here, when the our anthem came or was mm. sort of put in place, um, it was supposed to be a transitionary sort of anthem yes. to certain, and was never meant to be permanent. Um, my feeling on it is that you now we're nearly 30 years into democracy, let's, let's get a new anthem.
2: Mm.
1: Let's get one that binds mm. all of us together, that we can mm. all find commonality in. Mm. And the one thing that I that we do have all the people of this country is the ability to overcome.
0: That was Rod in the Eastern Cape Kojo phoned in from Cape Town as well.
1: Um I'm originally from Ghana and official language is English, even though we've got other official languages. Mm. But the anthem is in full English and I think as much as we are trying to recognize different languages in mm. the anthem, it'll just make it simpler. If it's completely in English, because as much as we're trying to uh, recognize the different, you know, languages and so on within the na- national anthem, it's also causing some sort of division.
0: Well, those were just two of the calls you took yesterday on anthems and our national anthem. I don't know if you have a view as well. 086 000 All right. What for you is the story of the week. Mamelo in Etiquini. Hi.
3: Hi, how are you, S.G.? I'm
0: well, go for it.
3: Good, thanks for taking my call. You know what, S.G., my <laughs> my take is to talk about uh, the appointment of the ministers pertaining about the qualifications. I had that gentleman at the beginning of the show, or middle of the show.
0: Bongani S- from S- Jefferies oh. Bay, yeah.
3: Yes, yes, yes. You know what, S.G., <laughs> there is no specific written criteria, as mm. per say, to say If we appoint the minister of transport, what qualifications he or she must possess? However, Stephen, to me, it is advisable for us when maybe we are appointing the minister or we deploy the certain minister, maybe at least should have a certain qualification to Mm. understand that particular environment, where he's going to be appointed into. The reason why I'm saying that actually because when you look at each and every, uh, I'm not saying ministers, but each and mm. every department, when they are going to appoint maybe the manager or whatsoever, there are, specific, are specifications to say you must have maybe a degree or a diploma of this qualification and so forth and so forth. The reason why is to ensure that whatever thing that is going to be done in that particular department, you understand it, you understand the processes there. Yeah. But now our ministers, they are just moving from maybe the mm. Minister of Foreign Affairs, moving to the Minister of uh, Higher Education, and like, just like that. But you see, it's delaying the process. I understand that they are politically appointed, but at least at least mm. particular qualification must have it. I yeah. That's my, my opinion. It's All right.
0: Mamelo, thank you. It's such an interesting view. You know, I've been thinking about this this week for various reasons around qualifications. And, I mean, for example, 69% of our councillors have a matricle below. Um, and, I mean, uh, people have been talking about what's been happening in Joburg, you know, and the mayor there, Cabello Guamanda, who hasn't said what qualification he has, as I understand it. I don't know if you've got a view on that. Tasha in Worcester, uh, the Western Cape Tasha, I think, reading.
4: Yes, good morning, Stephen, and good morning to anybody out there listening. I hope that I can make my voice heard after many years. I've been a teacher since 1996 in the um, intermediate phase, um, that is grade 4 to 7, uh, 8, 9 as well. And uh, I've also been involved with uh, Tricks the Stellenbosch uh, Bridging Program. The first thing I need people to understand is that the reading crisis is worse than load shedding it's silent it happens not in the darkness only but also in the light of day and it seems that nobody's noticing it and those who do notice it Mm -hmm. either don't know what to do about it or they don't care enough because it's a silent crisis and it's going to hit us very very hard the second thing that i want to say is that the solution is not throwing more money at the problem, and the solution is also not in early childhood development. As I've heard almost every Hmm. specialist on the radio say, that is not where the solution lies. Um, I have a few very uh, science-based ideas that have been proven to work, but the main thing that we need is for the uh, parents of children to realise that the school reports that they get at the end of each term does not give them any indication of whether their child can read with meaning. Because in the current curriculum, there is no way reading for meaning is not assessed. Because you cannot assess reading for meaning with two events where a child reads to the teacher out mm. loud third term. Um, one is a prepared reading, the other one is an unprepared reading. That makes up maybe... 20% or 10% of the term mark, and this, the teacher cannot even assess whether a child can mm. read with meaning, because regular comprehension of the type that I've been seeing in the past 10 years does not test whether a child can read for meaning. It tests whether a child can recognize a word in one text and recognize the same word in another and copy that word onto mm. a piece of paper and get 19 out of 20 for comprehension.
0: Sure. So, Tasha, um, you, you talk about scientific things. I mean, for me, I think, uh, you know, read read something and then talk about it intelligently would be a good way of testing.
4: Well, that's about the only way. <laughs> mm. And that, that cannot happen if the curriculum is full of subjects like EMS, and life orientation, and even in the primary school, technology, science, and history. Every aspect of those subjects that you want to teach a child should be done through the medium of reading about Mm -hmm. that subject. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have to make the content smaller, but the engagement with that type of content um, has to change. The, the, The second thing that people need to take into account is that a child cannot discriminate between all the sounds before the age of seven. Um, there's, a, there's an organization that you can look up, it's Fit to Learn, while mm. uh, focused on teaching even adults with dyslexia to read and become people who can read with meaning. And the, their research has shown that a child cannot physiologically <laughs> discriminate all the sounds. Therefore, before the age of seven, it's almost no use to try and teach a child phonics. A child has to be spoken to and has to be uh, has to listen mm. to uh, good language. That's what a child needs before seven. And a child needs to play because if a child cannot successfully move across the midline from left to right, in terms of moving arms, moving hands, then they will struggle to read, because their eyes will hop over the words instead of flowing over the words, and they cannot create meaning from a whole group of words. The third thing is, not a single child in South, well, I would be surprised, but I would wager that um, most children never have their hearing tested. Yeah. Now, we have children who spend maybe hours per day in taxis where the music is Banging my windows as they drive by my street. Now, but I'm I'm wagering that by the time a child reaches grade two, they have hearing loss to the extent that they cannot discriminate sounds.
5: Mm. Sure.
4: Now there's, there's no research on that yeah. that I know of, but that's one of the biggest problems. And the mm. the but the, the, the one thing that that I would like to say is that the solution is that children should not begin um, subject teaching before grade seven right. and there should be one hour per day where a responsible adult reads out loud to their class.
0: Tasha, you've you've said so much, and thank you. Um, such a strong contribution to our national discussion. I really do appreciate it. In fact, I do would like a quick word, uh, if you can just hang on. Tasha's on the line from Worcester, and as you can hear, someone with vast experience in this. I mean, we have people like this in our society. We need to, I don't know, make the minister of reading, he says mischievously. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tasha, thank you. We have people like this in our society, eh? trying to do things right. 086-000-2032 Sia, table tennis, are you a Player,
5: no, not at all. Stephen, good morning. How are you?
0: I'm well. I, am I going to get into trouble if I call it ping pong?
5: Hey man, look. I actually, missed the first two, three seconds of the interview. I wanted. I want to know from you. Did you ask, uh, Mister Carey, why this thing is not out in the public?
0: Well. He said, he said that it has been and that there's been advertising. They spoke about that and I've spoken to other people about it. Um, their website, certainly, for the for the organization that's running it, it, seems very, very top from what I can see. Very nicely done website, actually. Um, so I, I don't know what's going on in Durban. I'm not there. Um, but, you know, he seems very confident it's going to be a big success. What, uh,
5: what, what I've also seen on, on, on the website, David, is that the, um, there are no... Uh, local partners. Yeah. Could that yeah. be one of the reasons, perhaps? All of them are, yeah. for, uh, you know. So, anyway, that's just, let me just go quickly to this point of um, where we live.
1: Mm. Uh, very
5: quickly. You know, I, I'm from an area called Dimbaza. It's 20 kilometers outside King Williamstown, or what we call now Kony. Yes. We have a very serious problem with crime, uh, Stephen. And I would, you know, I don't know if. Look, we have boys from the age around 18 up to 30 years old. We, they, they are popularly known. It's, it's now a nation, it's Eastern Cape and Western Cape, it's a known thing. Yeah. They are called Amapara, Amapara Par. Anything for them to smoke, they would do. Mm. They would break in anyone's car, they sure. would take anything from home, they take a yeah. the kettle, they take a stove, they sell it. And the unfortunate thing with us where we are here in Timbaza is that we have a massive piece of land which used to be factories back in the days. You must check it out on the internet. It's called Dimbaza Industrial Park. If government could assist just two or three factories and get people employed, yeah we could eradicate some of these um, unnecessary sure. crimes. Sia, these boys yeah. you know, are doing these things because people are unemployed.
0: But they aren't, no, correctly. Uh, Sia, I'm, absolutely, you're right. Thank you. I and mean, we see this problem all over the place, don't we? People with nothing to do. Young people with nothing to do. You worry they're losing hope. Yeah, thank you. Sunil in Ottawa. Sunil, Ottawa, not Canada, right? KwaZulu-Natal.
2: Good
1: morning, Stephen, and warm greeting to the uh, rest of my uh, fellow listeners. Yes, uh, your producer did ask. So I said, no, no, I am not from, from, from Canada. Uh, I may go for a holiday, but I am from KwaZulu, Natal. <laughs> okay.
0: We're worried that you know we're worried about your, your phone bill. You want to talk about banknotes? Is this the the uh, uh, misspelling in Shitsonga? Um, in
1: yes. Uh, yes, sir. I'm going to tell you why. because it, uh, Well, I obviously tried to get hold of you last week, but your show is quite busy. It struck me about uh, about this uh, spelling on on the banknote. Uh, Why it's saying this? That, that obviously I'm a South African, classified as an Indian. So my forefathers, when they came here, the medium of uh, communication was English, mm-hmm. and 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 that has passed on from generation to gener- uh, generation. Now I recently, at five years ago. Started to learn my vernacular, which is Hindi.
2: Yeah.
1: And why I'm saying this is that I started learning that uh, the alphabets and the consonants in Hindi, and I find that when I am now able to read, uh, in particular the scriptures, that's my purpose, a personal purpose. I find it is it is easier to pronounce uh, a, 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 the words rather than looking in the English translation. And, and, and we are going with this, uh, Shivani, that I work with, uh, I'm, I'm from KwaZulu, Natal, and, and most of my, my colleagues are, are Isu Zulu speaking. And I always ask, where is the indigenous language alphabet? Mm. Because every indigenous language is written in English.
0: Yes, it's written in the in the Western alphabet, yeah. Mm,
1: exactly. So I'm saying, surely, and I, and I challenge a few academics, you know, to get some PhD students mm. to go and research this. Because I think I find it so much easier to pronounce that and now that I'm, I'm I'm learning Hindi. Sure. That 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 uh, I, I I should struggle before, you know. So so that was uh, <laughs> when it came to the bank note, mm. the issue of mm. the end, you mm.
0: know.
1: So I just thought, you know, that was uh, um, yeah. something
2: I will uh, you know share.
0: No uh, no no, I Sunil, thought... I mean, it's sometimes like you have an experience and you can relate yeah. it to something else, and it's yeah. very illuminating. It suddenly yeah. explains, it demonstrates, yeah. it shows. No, I think, yeah. you, I think you've done that for us. Sunil, thank you. In Ottawa. No, in, thank you. In well KwaZulu-Natal. <laughs> Warmer than Ottawa in Canada. All right, Bond, I see you in Glovo. I see you to Biso, Mwandile, Yunus. We'll try and get to you. I can't promise, but we will try before 9 o'clock. What's your story of the week? 86
2: on SAFM. All
0: right, what happened to you this week? Bond on the line from the Eastern Cape. Bond in Yorker, I presume, on the National Anthem. Hi.
2: Hi, 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 Stephen. Uh, no, talk about the National Anthem, uh, the, 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 the heading is Africa." literally translated. It means God bless Africa. Mm-hmm. In other words, this National Anthem has got continental co- uh, connotations. We don't have exclusive ownership of it as such It's the continent. It was created by South African Eric Sandong earlier yeah. on. As a result, it was adopted in Zambia and Tanzania. So I can say we have, it's, it's a way of connecting with the rest of the continent. If it discontinues, it's just like symbolically an act of disassociation from the rest of Africa. We hmm. lead forays into Africa, like peace missions in DRC Congo, Sudan, Burundi, and you are the entry point of the international community through bricks, you know, into Africa. So our continuation, symbolically, with, with the with the with the with the national anthem is like a continued connection with Africa. It's not a South African mm. uh, anthem as such; it's a continental um, anthem. You understand? So that's my point. Let's retain it. Secondly, if we discontinue it, let's going to another debate. It will have to be exclusive in English, excluding mm. other, uh, mm. uh, other, other 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 people. who have got you know. Uh, you know, they understand the the, 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 the Goni uh, group and such, they understand the, 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 the Goni uh, language as such in the national anthem. It will be English, then open another kind of word. Uh, yeah. Why in English? Why not in Kors, why not in african So we'll be arguing about something, you know, much ado about nothing as Shakespeare once said. <laughs> Let's retain as it is and continue. Thank you.
0: Sure, Bon, thank you. You know, the, the interesting thing about linking us to the continent, such an interesting point, isn't it? You know, such an interesting point that if we had to remove it, we would be removing that. Didn't Zimbabwe go through a phase of changing its anthems? I think it did at one point. I can't remember correctly. Bon, thank you. And Lovil, also in the Eastern Cape. Great force. Is this about reading, in Indlovo And hi High? Right, unfortunately, and Lovo not there. To be so in Polakwani, you want to talk about uh, Andre De Reiter's book?
5: Yeah, you know, you know, Steve, let me start by saying, could be, have been three years ago, if I'm not mistaken, I might have been among those that would have said, no, 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 uh, give this man, Marius and a chance. Uh, yeah. That would be able to resolve this, the situation that we are. But unfortunately, Stephen, I, three years later, uh, I'm 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 I'm, I'm among those who says that uh, the man has disappointed all of us, I and mean, then uh, uh, to mm. uh, to now we now there's is, there's is a change of him insofar as uh, the issues around Eskom and his ability to write a book and the secrecy mm. there and all of that and all of that. We should not have been in that particular. We shouldn't mm. be discussing this. We should be able to be saying that you know this man has helped you know to um, yeah. uh to deal with those issues that have been there so now some of us we have you know uh, to apologize and say no 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 we didn't see this coming mm-hmm. other, well, many people called in the show say you know this is not the correct man and i think if dbc was mm-hmm. among those that you have for uh, uh interviewed, says, no, no no yeah they, they were um yeah.
0: you know i i think i think lots of different things to be so because for me i mean i think the book The book immediately leads to the claim, as sort of Provin Gordon, the minister, you know, puts it sort of, you know, says, is this why you did it? Or why are you focusing on this and not working on escape? And I think those are legitimate questions. I think those are correct questions. And I ask them myself. The only justification, and I'm not saying that this is correct, but I'm saying the only justification that I can see Mm -hmm. is that the Rater believes that he has a duty to tell the nation, tell us what's going on, and this is how he's chosen to do it. We can argue about whether it's the right way or not, but that's the only justification I can see. I don't know if that, you know, you, affects your view or not.
5: Look, look, Stephen. Yeah, look, Stephen. Uh, the, the fortunate part of it is that the writer came at a point wherein he still had uh, a Zondo commission. And obviously, more or less at that time, uh, having uncovered some of these things that mm. uh, he has alleged, he had an opportunity, among others, follow those. At that hmm. when they say, No, no I've hmm. seen one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight. I don't think I'll be able to continue with my job based on the alleged corruption yeah. that has been happening in ESCO. You don't sit down and say, Yes, later you start, uh, when you are about to leave, you bring all these uh, many, many hmm. allegations where hmm. uh, these people are saying, they want hmm. to, you want to? You had them that particular opportunity. And if, 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 it clearly tells us if many of those that get into those kind of positions, having believing that will be able to transform all of them end up and uh, end up in the roots yeah. Of the, the rate rule to say, no, no, I'll sit down and when I'm leaving, then I'll start to say, no, I'm sure. stealing the things. Then there's a problem because you've lost about 30 years or so of matters that could have been easily been resolved.
0: Yeah, to be so, thank you. Appreciate the conversation on the line from Pulokwani. And Mwandile, um I think you and I are agreed on what's probably the most important story of the week for me. I think the you know, the reading for meaning crisis, the fact that our children can't read, I, as I said yesterday, it makes me want to cry.
5: Yeah, listen, it's Mzwandile, not Mwandile. I'm sorry, Mzwandile, yeah, so I apologize. That's apologized. fine, that's fine. Listen, that, just to clip onto that, Stephen, do you know what this tells us? It tells us that the, that the South African government does not have a clearly defined economic plan because if it did, ne, that economic plan would be supported by it having an academic or national academic and skills development plan, which is to say every child that gets born in South Africa what vision does the government mm. have for them as far as academic and skills development is concerned? Because if you if you know that per year, let's say you've got 100,000 kids that get enrolled into a school, what is your vision as far as them is concerned academically and skills-wise? Then you can drill the plan. By the time these kids get to grade 7, you already know what you're going to be producing out of them. Secondly, Stephen, data is telling us that two thirds of learners drop out drops out before they get to matric.
0: That, I think I think it's about half, but your your point still stands. Yeah.
5: If, if, even if it's half, that is should be mm-hmm. a much greater concern because the question which we should ask is what happens to them. Because yeah. lastly, Stephen, if we if we are unable to address that, it means that somewhere along the line we are going to have half of the population dependent on government for social and welfare and support because we didn't address that national academic and skills development plan, which links to the national economic plan that the country has for its people.
0: Mjwandila, I couldn't agree with you more. Thank you. Thank you for ending us on a... I think an important note from the Eastern Cape Mzondele a problem around reading for meaning and the lack thereof well Kathy is next she's been here for ages already prepping to talk to you we will see you tomorrow I'm going to try and read a good book over the weekend maybe two I'm joking I'm never going to have that amount of time uh, but uh, thanks for being with us this week really enjoyed it and uh, so many important conversations so many constructive conversations actually from Zelma Banyana, uh, Mdu Stanza myself look after yourself you with SFM leading the conversation it's Nine o'clock.